Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results, as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome to Outbound Metrics. Julian Lekupinik is the founder of prospectwith.com. Prospectwith is one of the largest company databases with more than 14 million companies and 50 plus data points updated on a weekly basis. Find your next customers today by prospecting the right companies. Julian, it's a pleasure to have you on. Are you ready to dive in? Yes, perfect. Nice to meet you all. Awesome. First up, how does Prospectwith get results for its customers? Prospectwith is quite simple to understand. It's helping companies target uh, their ideal customer profile. You just have to define the type of companies you want to target. For instance, let's say SaaS startups or e-commerce startups. And uh, you it will display all the companies and you will be able to get the decision makers of these companies in a few clicks without any Chrome extension. or So everything is kind of automated. And at the end of the day, it's about uh, getting the decision maker uh, as fast as possible. Awesome. What would you say makes Prospect With different from the uh, other companies that help you find leads? It's an interesting question, you know, because when you are in demo with people, they always ask this. And my answer is I provide customer support. So I help a lot of my customers to craft the right campaigns, even when they are using other tools. And also I'm trying to build the is, uh, I'm trying to make the interfaces as simple as possible to understand so they quickly get the result they want. Finding decision maker is not hard. It's just an algorithm. You just have to build the right algorithm. What's, in, what's very difficult is to craft the right message and to interact on the right channel for your customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have many things to say on these three variables, but this is what makes me different. Awesome. So that support you give to the customer and then this the interface that is designed for speed, helping them get that and then get to yeah. the important stuff. Very cool. And who is your ideal customer? My ideal customer is uh, SaaS startups, but also a lot of legion agencies, also hiring, hiring agencies. So this is the kind of companies I'm trying to target right now. And I can't focus on many ideal customer profiles. So I only have V3. And I focus on them. 
Awesome. What was the third one you gave? You said SaaS startups, Legion agencies. Yes, it's hiring companies, people, uh, agencies you can uh, look for to hire people for you. Gotcha. Gotcha. So like headhunters, recruiters, those types of people. Yeah. Gotcha. Awesome. All right. Let's get into this case study. Were we talking about something that you ran for your own company, like an outbound campaign you ran for your own company? It's, I'm not sending a lot of emails. It took me some time to figure out what kind of experiments were providing a lot of results for me. What I do is I do a lot of partnerships with uh, companies in my field and I run webinars with them. And then it gives me many visitors, many qualified visitors on my website and I convert them uh, by doing demos with them, by showing them the products. I think eight out of 10 people who pay for prospect wheels did a demo with me. The process of onboarding people by uh, on a Google Meet or even Zoom, it's very important for me. Uh, so so this is what I face-to-face conversations yeah. with people. And the friend of your friend is always your friend. When you're do- doing webinars on someone else's audience, it's very quali- qualified when they go to your product. Awesome. What types of webinars, like topics do you do with these partners? I talk about how you can create outbound campaigns. Because as I told you earlier, I'm helping a lot of people uh, on their campaigns. So I see what works, what does not, what does not. And I get some knowledge. I have an, a Google document where I put everything I learned inside. And when I have many things, I do a webinar with someone. God, so so you're, mainly, you're, you're, you're just distill, distilling this knowledge you've gained about what works, what doesn't, yes. and just giving that people. Awesome. This mm. is something everyone should do. When you learn something or when you're watching a video on YouTube that's very interesting, you should always have your notes somewhere and try to put the golden nuggets inside your, uh, mm-hmm. your notes. It will always help you in the long run. How do you organize that? Doc, I'm just curious about that. Do you have specific like big themes related to outbound or is it more just like a running list? Yeah, it's an endless bullet list. (laughs) So you have, uh, sometimes, you know, you have to write an article about something like uh, GDPR Mm -hmm. or uh, I I don't know any subjects and you you can rely on this notes and find, uh, quickly find the, the things you learned from a previous video or from a customer and it will help you write your articles with the great content. Awesome. When you're, I guess we could actually, we can touch on this when we um, kind of speak about how you find partners. And so kind of let's, let's go into that step-by-step. Step. If someone wants to emulate this, like if you want to, what is your motion for finding these partnerships, securing them, and then kind of moving forward? Okay. I have two tactics. Mm-hmm. The first one is to come with a referral. So if I have a customer who are working with a, a specific solution, I will if he can make me an intro because he's not the founder or he can send me an email by uh, introducing me to the founder, oh. it will be one way to get a conversation with uh, someone and uh, ask me if he's interested about doing a demo with my solution. If I can't, if I don't know anyone, I will uh, try to read them inside the chat box of the website. I did twice, I think, and it worked. It's usually longer to organize a, a webinar with them when you're doing this, but it, it's always about showing them that it's a win-win partnership. If you're only winning, don't expect people to do webinar with you. You have mm-hmm. to prepare your speech to create a win-win partnership. And this is probably what's taking the most time. So two questions there. Number one, starting off, what size of company? I assume you're reaching out to, like you mentioned, different SaaS startups and legion agencies. How do you 
so you're using prospect with to find these, I assume. And yes. how, like what size, what are the demographics of the companies you're reaching out to? Like what size company? How do you know if it's like, oh, I think this is going to be a good one? Okay. This is very important to do demos because when you are showing, when you're speaking a lot with your customer, you will understand when the, the kind of customer they are converting on your website. At the moment for me, it's people with less than, uh, I think, 50 employees because they are easier to convert, take mm -hmm. the decision faster. If they understand how they can use the product quicker than most people who have to convince the, their bosses uh, to buy a mm -hmm. subscription. So I focus a lot on, on companies with less than 50 employees. And you're reaching out to, you're essentially of the company that small, so you're trying to reach out to the founder directly? It depends. You can either do top to bottom, Mm -hmm. Or so when I say top to bottom is like you're reaching out to the founder and the founder is going to forward your email or talk about your solution to someone else uh, at the bottom of the company. And it usually is, it converts a lot because when you're receiving an email from your boss, uh, you have to look at the email, yeah. but you can also do bottom to top by asking, by contacting a lot of people in the company and trying to make them understand your value proposition and how you can help them uh, with your product. Uh, I usually do the first one, trying to reach out to the founder, but it's better if you can get a referral when you're doing this, because you can say something like, uh, I'm doing a lot of demo with my customers. Many of them are using your solution. I think we can do a win-win partnership by talking about this subject. Are you ready for a quick 10-minute call to talk about this? But your email must be short. Very short, and you. If you're asking, it's a little like a dating website. You don't want to stay on the inbox. You mm -hmm. quickly want people to make a call with you or go on the meeting. You have to be short and highlight the value and add a last sentence where you say how long it's, the call is going to last. So it will be a ten-minute call uh, next Friday. Got it. You're sending out a short message to going one of those routes, either founder down or top down or bottom up, and you're sending yeah. a short email, quick introduction, working with people similar to you. Yeah. And then giving them, letting, like reversing the risk or limiting the risk by saying, hey, it's only going to take 10 minutes to quickly go over this. Creating that win-win partnership. What is your offer to them for, like we're, are you mentioning a webinar on the email or what is your offer in the email? What I do is to tell them that, we can do webinar on this specific subject and I will email all my user base that will be doing this webinar together. So I will introduce you to a new audience. And uh, sometimes when, for instance, if I'm talking with uh, French companies, I will say uh, between parentheses, I have many customers in uh, the United States or in the United Kingdom. I will be able to introduce you also to a new audience. Got it. It's a lot about highlighting how it's going to be a win for them and a win for you. But you're growing. This is something I learned when I was trying to grow startups in an incubator. When you want to grow a company, you have two solutions. You either grow from from other people's audience, other people's networks, or you grow from your existing user base. When you don't mm -hmm. have a, an existing user base, you must try to grow on someone else's audience. Facebook, web, a webinar with someone else who has an audience, paid advertising. But when you have a specific audience, you can use them to grow by increasing word of mouth, building referral programs, and uh, making sure people uh, uh, stick with your product as long as possible. Got it. The people you're even reaching out to about this, 
they're most likely in that same mindset too, right? Of course, they're yes. looking for customers. You email them. They quickly check you out. They see, okay, we could share some customers and this person wants to introduce me to their audience. I don't have to pay anything. I'm just doing a webinar. All right, sounds great, right? Good deal. You're doing a short phone call and then on the short phone call, just going through the logistics of the, of the webinar and stuff like that? Or what, what are you covering on that call? So it's usually, it is usually a Google Meet uh, link because mm -hmm. I send them my Calendly so they can book a, a schedule, mm -hmm. uh, they can schedule a call. But then in the webinar, I try to be as friendly as possible. There is something I do with many of my customers. So before ending up on a call with them or before starting a call, I will look at their website and I spend a lot of time trying to make my interface as simple as possible. So I have mm -hmm. some ideas for them to increase their conversion rate on the landing page. And I start all my call by giving them a, some pieces of advice to improve uh, the landing page. So I try to be as friendly as possible by giving them value. And then I talk about uh, the real subject, which is uh, selling my solution, what they can mm -hmm. do with my solution, or doing a webinar together. Got it. Going in, you're making, you're doing your research on them, making sure that you provide a level of value, and then you go into the call yeah. talking about the either the product or the webinar. Because I'm sure some people were like, "Oh, well, what do you do? Like, tell me about your what you offer mm -hmm. as well, right? Talk about your product there." Okay, very cool. Someone says yes. Okay, let's do a webinar. How do you set that up? What is your um, process for that? Usually, we are using a platform called Livestorm, livestorm.co, I think. And it's provide an interface where we can organize a webinar together. We both email our, email ba our user base, telling them, okay, a webinar on this, subject, on this subject is going to happen uh, in two weeks. Feel free to book a slot. Uh, mm -hmm. It grows the webinar by with both of our audience. And then we also share on LinkedIn mainly the webinar grow uh, by itself. Got it. Your, so your promotion is pretty simple. You are both emailing your audiences once and then sharing your LinkedIn, or sharing the webinar on LinkedIn as well. Yes, the London gotcha. pages. All right, awesome. Do you use anything, or does the Livestorm software create landing pages for the webinar yes. as well? Okay. Yes, and it allows you to download the, the list of emails People from people who registered on the webinar, Got if you it. want to target them later on LinkedIn or anywhere anywhere else. Gotcha. You and your partner are sharing basically the the registrant list for the webinar. Yes, event. exactly. Okay, awesome. How do you structure your webinars for maximum conversion, and what's like the end call to action you have? You have to think of your experiments as a funnel. This is one step of the funnel. They register to the webinar, they go to your webinar, they watch you. Most of them will not buy your product right uh, after the webinar. You must keep them somewhere. You must share your newsletter, your YouTube channel, your blog. I don't know. You must or to ask them to add you on LinkedIn. So you have a way to reach them later when you are sharing something about your product or when you want to, to email them or send them a LinkedIn message. I don't know. It's you, you have to find a channel that's working for you and to redirect mm -hmm. them on it where there is retention. Mm -hmm. You're not looking to go to webinar straight to the sale. You're looking to introduce yourself and then follow up after that on a channel that works best for you. Yes, exactly. And of course, many people will buy your product when they understand how they can use it inside the webinar. But mm -hmm. for people who just don't need the, your solution now, mm -hmm. you have a way to introduce your solution later. 
Got it. Now, when you're actually on the webinar, what's like the process you go through or the structure of your webinar? Is it like first part intro, then you're going into that list of information that you discussed previously? Like, hey, here's here's my info. Or how does it, how does that work? I don't have a st- structured way of doing things. I improvise a lot because I will share stories from things I've learned uh, last week. It's a lot of improvisation. The only thing that's going to be prepared is uh, the subject and the few key, the few notes or the keynote I've made to make sure I don't miss some important things. But I improvise a lot, and I think it's important to improvise because it will make your your conversation more human. For sure. Awesome. Okay. Like, because on this show, we definitely like to always go into numbers, results, metrics. Can you kind of walk us through what you're tracking through a specific one of these campaigns or one of these efforts and then typical results that you generate? When you do this, are you making sure, like, I want to make sure I reach out to X amount of people a day, some convert? What are you tracking when you do this stuff? Okay. I'm using two solutions to track. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very important to measure what you are doing because there is someone who told me once what can be measured can be improved. So you have to measure things if you want to improve your experiments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm using Mixpanel. It's a solution where you can send data points and build graphs, see retention cohorts, uh, your funnels, your conversion funnel. It's a very it's the best solution for me to analyze uh, what's going on inside your product. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have others like Amplitude, uh, Heap Analytics. Then I also use HubSpot to keep uh, notes about some customers when they interact with me on the chat box and they are looking, for instance, for a specific type of companies I do not have, but I will have in three weeks. This is where I keep notes of uh, customers, HubSpot. And it's also a great solution. And it's free if you are a small company. You have to pay when you are using specific part of the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Mixpanel is also free for most people if you don't send a lot of data points. Got it. What tools are you using to, are you using like an email sending tool to send out emails or using anything else? Or is it just straight, I'm hitting up people in the in the chat box or I'm using my, I'm using my tool, right? Prospect with Define companies, hitting people up in the chat box and then just emailing them in Gmail. Yes, uh, I'm emailing them through HubSpot. Yes, you can send emails. And I like to have a software while making most of the things I need to avoid having too many solutions. So HubSpot is is interesting to do this. Uh, You just have to make sure your delivery rate is not above uh, 6% because they they will not like if you are sending uh, campaigns and you have 6% of bounce rate. Make sure your email is clean because it will prevent you to send future campaigns for some time if you are bad email list. Got it. Now, if you're getting it 6% or greater, emails bouncing, you need to clean your list better. Yeah, stop the campaign. Stop, stop the campaign. It. Try to figure out what's going on. Use a verify uh, solution like uh, Mailbox Layer or uh, Unbounce uh, where you can upload the list and see what's going on with these emails. Mm-hmm. And is it an old list? Uh, can be emails can bounce for many reasons. You have to be uh, very cautious about this. Are you sending many follow-ups at all? Yes, I'm sending. So I send, I think, one email and then two or three follow-ups, but no more. Many people told me to do like seven follow-ups. 
I do not. I think in my case, I can make them understand the value proposition in three emails because I have one simple rule is to one email equal to one information. If my pro- if I if my product can do three things or four things, I will send four emails, and each one will light uh, one feature, gotcha. because you have to be very short. And the human mind they can't process four features in the same email. That will leave the email. Got it. So you're making sure you, one keeping your email to one topic only. Yes. Right? Got it. So you can get the point across in that one initial email, and then one to two follow ups. When you do a webinar, what are the typical amount of, since you're pretty much going for subscribers, you're building your audience, right? And then keeping them warm and selling to them later. What do you target for? What would you consider a good campaign or a good webinar when it comes to how many subscribers you gain from from it? Okay. I can tell you now that all webinars are not equal. Sometimes with one webinar, you will get, I don't know, 100 uh, new users. And you will convert uh, ten uh, in as a ten of them will become a paid uh, paid customer. But sometimes I've made webinars when <laughs> where I got something like three new registers, three new users. You have to be careful about the audience of the other solution, because if the audience is not really interested for some reasons, or uh, you will lose time, you will waste your time uh, doing your webinars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to think about webinar like um, a shared demo of your product uh, mm-hmm. because you are demoing your product, showing your product in um, many use people at once. This is powerful, but of course, the people in the audience, they must be well-targeted. Gotcha. Is there anything that really sticks out to you that, that can clue you in on good audiences to target? Look at your existing customers and try to figure out a pattern. If you see a pattern, you have to guess what kind of customers, what kind of other solutions are the same customers than uh, the one you detect a pattern inside. At the end of the day, it's always about looking who is paying for your product and who is paying for a long time. Because some Uh people will pay, but they will leave after one month or two months. You must look at the people who are paying for a long time and detect a pattern with them. Because uh, making people pay on your product, it's one part of, of the game. Making them pay longer is uh, the most important thing for a business. Gotcha. Okay, that's a good, that's a really good call out and a really good piece of information there. So don't just look at your customers, look at the ones who have been your customers for a long time, right? Look at the ones who have stuck around. And so you're pretty much, the, the, the key to what audiences you target is you're looking at your existing customer base and seeing who's been here the longest and then trying to find companies who share those types of audiences. Exactly. Got it. If you, in that first example, if you get a hundred registrants and 10 users, do you consider that like, okay, that was a good conversion, that 10% conversion or good, good yield from that webinar, or do you shoot for something else? When I get 10 paid customers, I think it, for me, it's not a bad result because it doesn't take long to organize a webinar. You just have to, to create a page on LifeStorm, email your list. Make sure the other people, the the partnership is emailing also, the partner is emailing their user and then uh, do your stuff. I think the first one is takes some time to organize, but when you are becoming experienced at this uh, exercise, it will be faster. Awesome, man. Any other analytics you track inside a mix panel that are helpful? It, of course, it depends on the product, but you have to understand what is your haha moment. And your haha moment is quite simple to define. It's when people understand 
how they can use your product to fulfill one of the problems they have. For instance, uh, for me, it's when they are doing the first search of companies and getting the decision maker, uh, they, see it, they see it's very fast to get. And this is why I'm doing a lot of tweaks in the interface to make them do this action as fast as possible. Gotcha. Really? So you're doing so much work inside of your business to figure out who that core customer is and how can I communicate to them? That's it. And then for you, it's that speed of finding that decision maker for people. Once they see how quickly it is to get that person's information, they're like, wow, I could do that so fast. Yeah. This looks great. Let me like already know how I could use this. Let me sign up and give it a shot. Yes, exactly. Very good. Julian, I know before we started recording, before we started the show, you mentioned some things about resilience and loving what you do. Can you finish us off by just talking a little bit about that? Yes, I think when you are a marketer or SDR, it's very important to be resilient and to adopt the step-by-step strategy. You must try to optimize the details and it will take some time. So we'll not find what's working uh, the first day. Uh, but if you keep long enough trying, you will figure out what's working. And it's important to do what you love because if you don't love what you do, you will not enjoy this process of optimizing each details even when it's not working. And this process will do will provide big results on the long run. This is why it's important to be resilient because you, if you're not, you will, um, will start doing something else and uh, go to another experiment when this one could work if you try long enough. Awesome. Resilience and loving what you do. Prospectwith.com. That's prospectwith.com. Julian, thanks so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening.